0: uh, I don't want to say I'm cranky. That's not fair, Razor. I'm grinding, just like you are. That's all good. It's part of the game, right? Grinding. Play through it. And uh, the grind continues for the Boston Bruins as we welcome you into Morning Brew with Jaffe and Razor. Late night edition, as we sit down post-game two, talk about the Boston Bruins losing in overtime, 4-3 to the New York Islanders. And would would you agree the entertainment value was very high? I think... Uh, that i think we could agree upon I, I i get that razor if bruin's fans don't enjoy the outcome duh but uh, they had to have been entertained at the very least it was
1: a, it was a good hockey t- game it was well played on both sides the playoffs are going to give us that especially the rest of the way and uh never I, i'm sure the people who bought tickets weren't excited to see a loss but they saw a pretty good hockey game
0: yeah, this morning brew uh, brought to you by Fazenda and the coffee roasters there. And we'll talk about how you can get your morning brew mug through FazendaCoffee.com slash morning brew. And also this episode brought to you by the people over at Wormtown and their craft hard seltzers. We'll touch on those items a little bit later. Let's get right into it as we like to do here, Razor, on, uh, on morning brew. Um, it, was, it was a game that got started out more or less uh, very well for the Bruins is Charlie Coyle got a power move and took advantage of going one-on-one with Nick Letty and power moved by him somewhat similar to what Taylor Hall did at the end of the regular season uh, to win the game in overtime at TD Garden. This time it was Charlie Coyle playing with the new right wing in Carson Kuhlman and his regular left wing in Nick Ritchie because of the injury uh, to uh, to Smith and that brings Kuhlman in. I love the goal. I love the way he dropped the right shoulder, went in through the, you know, between the stick and the skates and, and drove the net. And Varlamov, right, he had to stay back there. He had to stay back in the crease because of the steam, the power, the engine drive of Charlie Coyle. And and to me that was a great sign early on for Coyle and for the Bruins. A great, great start. And that was as good as Charlie Coyle's played,
1: certainly in the first forty minutes. Mm -hmm. Oh, at least as I can remember, and and that goal is what we expect out of him. Like you said, driving the shoulder, using his skill to pull it to Varlamov's left and just slide it in with with speed and power and skill. And all those things that that Charlie Coyle brings to the table and the matchups that he gets, it's going to be even more important for that line uh, come Thursday night in the Coliseum when they're not getting the exact matchup. So he's going to have to play big minutes again. And I I liked his game
0: all around tonight. I did too, and and by the way, I like I like Coleman's game. I liked it a lot. No issue with it. I thought he hustled. He he does his job right. He does. I mean, thing. Yeah. we 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 understand that offensively, um, not the most gifted. Had some chances still. Had a couple nice attempts in the game. Uh, I wish he'd miss a net. He had the
1: net. Yeah, the one chance he rips it over. Like just hit the net. Like you're you're not you're not at the point where you're going bar and in, and he doesn't have to be. He does that. That that's the one criticism i have and and it was noticeable again where he's got a hard shot get it on that maybe maybe it goes through the guy you know like that's the but but or get a rebound get a rebound yeah something just keep it'll keep the puck close to the net but he did a good job kept his feet moving skated well and listen that third line
0: played really well it did yeah by the way uh, as a grind guy myself you know you when you get golden opportunities like that the problem is you start thinking so much Mm where you're going to try and go bar in or snipe it and then you realize after you've missed it by eight feet, you're like, oh, that's why I'm not yeah. one of those guys. Yeah. Oh, I did that in practice three right. days ago, right? <laughs> oh, I, that, that shot worked great in the, the black aces two days ago. <laughs> yeah. So 15-6 were the shots at the end of one. And, I mean, I'm not trying to scoot through the entire first period. I, you know, I got a bunch of notes and everything. but. It was physical. I mean, It wasn't like the Islanders did not But by the way, the Islanders had some chances in the first period. You could tell in the first that Matt Barzell, Eberle, and Komarov. And by the way, I was wrong. I thought Barry Trotz was going to put Cal Palmeri up on that line, finally do it. I was wrong. And um, I'm sure Islander fans, if they're listening or they have the opportunity, they'd say, you don't know anything. Look at how well that line played. That line did play well, even in the first period. I know they, the team only had six shots, but that line – had more possession. They got on the cycle more, but the Bruins, I thought overall had a good first period razor. I, I mean, the, the, like it was that it was a little different vibe in the building. It was still ex, uh, exciting and, and energy and all, but it was a little different because it was the second time with fans there. But I thought the Bruins did a really nice job of saying, all right, we're taking these hits. We're going to make our plays and do what we can do best.
1: Yeah. agreed. Great. They came out and, didn't let the Islanders get to their game. They didn't worry about a, a pushback from the Islanders. They just went out and played their game, and and they got the first goal, which allowed them to settle into that period. And and yeah, but the, no, it was a, it was a good period and, and a good job by the Bruins to play first twenty minutes.
0: All right. So what the hell happened in the second period? That's, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> that that was an issue. That's that's where it, it kind of got ugly for the Bruins. They got caught. Not getting the puck out of their zone, yeah. And whether it was too long of shifts because they were stuck in their zone, or it was just not completely focused, or maybe a bit of the Islanders, but it didn't look like the Islanders did a whole lot different. It looked more like the Bruins just weren't able to to get on the rush as well as they did in Game One, in the second period. They just they were sitting back a lot.
0: The irony, you're right, the irony of that is oh, the, the penalty that led to the first goal that was uh, flukes, maybe not the right word, greasy, grimy, whatever cl- hockey cliche we want to use, is that it happened, it was on the posture, not goalie interference play, mm-hmm. right? And so it, the irony is, as you're saying, they couldn't get the puck out of their own zone, but it, the penalty transpired off of the guys going to the net. And again, I, I mean, the Bergeron line, I thought was great again. I do. I that- thought they did their job. That's where I was going to go.
1: It was only one line in the second period. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't even the Hall line. The Krejci line couldn't couldn't generate. Couldn't come out clean in the second. So they basically had one line going. And if you're going to have one line going in any period, that's the worst one to do it in. Is the mm-hmm. second because you get you get hemmed in. And I mean, Carlo had at least two shifts of one forty-five. And you could see them gassed. And, and then they get it up to the red line. They just didn't get it in deep enough to be able to let the D change. A couple forwards were changed, and then they come back. So, so yes, definitely. And, and on top of all that, the reality is the Islanders scored three goals in that period. One was that greasy, ugly one you said. Palmieri's was just as greasy and ugly. And then the third one was on the bad penalty and, and another power play goal. So, all of that being said, you can you can – have causes for for all three goals that that don't necessarily translate into every
0: game right, so the first goal off of Lausanne and then Bailey throws it from the side and and right it it knuckles around and it goes in nothing nothing tuka could do there um i I my guess there's not much tuka could do on the second goal because the puck caroms off the end wall. Uh, off the shot uh, quickly. It was what, Letty, I think, put the shot on net. And, shot. net. and
1: it got blocked, too. So that, that puts Tuca that split second behind, too. So he's scrambling back to his post rather than seeing that clearly and knowing the he puck's going there.
0: Yeah, he didn't slide back or or, or what's the term I'm no. looking for? Float no, back. it, he it was,
1: wasn't floating because he, 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 was, he actually stood on his feet for the mm-hmm. shot. And it mm-hmm. never got to the net. It was going to hit him in the blocker. It was going to hit him on the right side of the net. It went off the Bruin in front and just go, just grazed off him. So it wasn't a direct block to the side of the net. It just grazed, and Palmieri was able to get to it first. And as a goalie, you're in that scramble mode and again. It's it's literally a split second that if you get behind out there, that's how things, how fast things are moving. Yeah.
0: And So he comes over. He tucks it, it finds in. Finds a way to that. go in. Yeah. Yeah. It, it find exactly. Just found a way to go in. And then you're. I, I'm sitting there saying, "Oh crap!" Like again, I have, I'm having that. This is Islander hockey right now, and they were finding their game. By the way, they were getting to the wall. Their their wall play was much better in the second period, and <laughs> the Bruins wasn't as good, and therefore the Bruins. I thought did a nice job again. I thought the first pass in the first period was really good at getting the puck out exits, especially, especially by forwards. Forwards were a little lower for that little outlet. Boom. They hit the guy coming out. Second period, not as much. I think there was a bit of an adjustment by the Islanders by Barry and his staff. And they made sure to put pucks into areas that was a little harder for the Bruins to deal with and, and not be able to get out as clean. So now they're up two to one on the Palmieri goal. And then they do get that, it's not even a marginal call on Carlo. I mean, I it, listen, I'm one, I'm all for always being honest, as are you. If it's a good call, bad call, whether it's for the team, against the team, whatever, but so there's a, there's a back and forth going between Leo Komarov and Brandon Carlo, and the whistle's gone, and Carlo, there's no denying jabs Komarov a couple of times. No question. Maybe even gets him a little up high. Was it a distinct cross-check? No. But did he give it to him? Absolutely. In the regular season, could I see that called? Maybe. Especially by a younger official raiser. These are not younger officials. And now, so after that, by the way, the, and by the way, I never saw the official right away say, you got one, you know, you're going. Oh, I see him going back and forth. And he's yapping at him, And then other guys get involved in a bit of a pie. Not a not a pile on, but you know, a back and forth to the side. So I'm thinking there's nothing going on or Komarov and Carlo will both go off for unsportsmanlike roughing, whatever you want to call it. Holy smokes. And I'm not one to gripe about the officials often having been one for a couple of years at the NCAA level. It's hard. It's thankless. That doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. That one. I just thought that wasn't game management there, Bud. I just, I didn't get it.
1: It made no sense. No sense. and, all of your points. Like, if again, if the if the Islanders had a called on that, we'd be sitting here laughing. that that was a brutal call. There, there's no right. getting around it. It was, it was a bad call. And I would even go to regular season. That'd be a bad call. So playoffs, not even close. And it doesn't. That's the. This is the issue that they have because someone's going to point that out because there's going to be somebody that comes across the middle and gets a headshot and there's going to be no penalty. And someone's going to go back and pull that Carlo penalty and say this was a penalty and this isn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And that that it was a bad call. A bad call, and it and ended up in the Bruins' net, of course, because typically that's what happens on bad calls. And uh, you're down three to one on
0: your home ice. Nice pass, I will say, Beauvillier as he gets the puck down low, turns, spins, gets it over to Pajot, who loves scoring against the Bruins. Pajot now has a six-game point streak as well in the playoffs. And it's, he's got like a 90-game streak against the Bruins, it feels like, <laughs> every time these teams play. Pajot puts up some some offense. So, you're, you know, you're through two periods. The Islanders outshot the Bruins 11-10 in the second period. So 25-17 to are the shots. And the only reason I'm saying – I guess the point I'm getting at is it, it doesn't matter what the shots are when you play the Islanders. It doesn't. It doesn't because they're always in it. Game one, they were in it until mid- through that third period when Charlie McAvoy scored, and they were getting crushed on the shot, cl- shot board. Um, now you get to the third period. And for a while, the energy was good in the building. But you know, it was that the pucks were just bouncing off the Bruin sticks; they were missing the pass by. I'm going the first eight to ten minutes or so, and you, you started to get that feeling of. Oh, in fact, I said to our producer, to Sean, I, I, I said that you know, he he, you know, he said the same thing. I said, if they get one, it feels like they're going to be okay, but they're just off by a stride here right now. Lo and behold, they finally get one off of the stick of Patrice Bergeron after i mean really great hustle by all the guys but in particular Pasternak and Marchand getting the puck along in the in the right in the uh, left wing corner working it around Marchand finds Bergeron high slot area there's that great shot of his and he sniped it on the on the blocker side i mean right there you i, I won't speak for you but i felt like they got the tie coming now it's just it's 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 in the books because of how too much time left, and the crowd was going nuts. And we said the same thing in the
1: studio. It, it, this is going to overtime now. There's no, there wasn't much doubt about that. That and, and it, yeah, exactly. The, again, top line doing the top line things. Farlamov, a little scream by Dobson out in front on the shot from Patrice. And we're going to overtime now. You could chalk it up. And whether it's a power play, whether it's with minute left and the goalie pulled, whether it's a random two-on-one, the, the Bruins are going to find a way to tie this up and, and leave it to Brad Marchand, who else, other than Patrice, mm-hmm. on the power play. Uh, another too many men on the ice call. And uh, just a, a a great job by them. The compete level those guys have. The the never quit all those random cliches, but they're not cliches with these guys. It's it's the real deal. They're never out of it.
0: Love the way that they get the puck out of their own zone quickly after the puck had gone down the end of the ice, and and McAvoy gets it and uh, is able to eventually you know just get it to Marshan. But actually Krejci touched it too down low in his own zone gets gets it up the ice. Marshan reloads on the strong side from a goaltender's perspective there you're thinking he's going to have to beat me with a perfect shot on that far side right i mean you're 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 varlamov is square um uh, meanwhile he hardly moved he hardly moved on that one that one was just sizzled right by him
1: yeah, he's got a he's got to protect short side first on that play and and with his defender didn't do a good enough job closing and taking space too much mm-hmm. room able to go through the defender and once it goes through that defender it's you, it's hopefully it's going to hit me otherwise it's going in the net cuz you can't react to it you can't drive or shift into it as a goaltender and uh, a, a very smart shot by Brad he he recognized he had the opportunity he had the hole there and he had more than enough room far side if he could get it there and he thought shot first too didn't
0: hesitate he was he dr- there was no
1: doubt there was no, no doubt. doubt he was shooting that in and, and even though he knew there was no doubt, and even though watching the replay, even as a defender, you have to hold back because these guys make so many seam plays and they make so many quick plays down low from that spot that you have to. It's hard to really commit to that shot from Marshawn, even though we all knew in high, in replay and, and looking at it that that it was it was he
0: was completely committed. Mm-hmm. So forty seconds later, I think forty four to be exact, Mike Riley stick stick breaks. After you know, keeping the puck. Uh, yeah, trying
1: to get- <laughs> I thought this was a bad call too. I I, I don't. I, um, I mean, that happens all the time. And I mean, to just kind of throw your stick, it didn't make a difference. I would understand it if the stick broke and he goes and gets it and pokes away on a breakaway or something. But it w- it, it ended up being a one on one. Usually, the refs will not call that, especially in a tie game at the end of a playoff game. The the the. They could have kept the whistle. No one would have noticed that play. No I, one would have I,
0: noticed. I, it didn't bother me as much. I'm wondering only because I, did the ref feel that he projected the stick towards the player, meaning instead of dropping, it literally mm-hmm. dropped So the problem is if you do a forward motion and throw it towards the play, it's supposed to be an automatic penalty. And maybe that's what the ref thought. You know, I, I didn't really think much about it. Maybe you looked at it more than I did because I only thought I saw the stick break and I'm thinking at first, quite honestly, now, you know, where our, obviously, you know, where our studio yeah, is, we're at the princes. other end. So yeah. I'm thinking he held him. That's what, that, that's, know, yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 It wasn't. That's what I, that's what I thought the penalty was behind the play. I actually thought the Bruins were going to get a power play. Cause I yeah. thought something uh, had gone on behind the play that we couldn't see on TV because again, it's just not a. Pl- I, I can't remember the last time that was called, ever, let alone well, in a play like in that
0: situation. I see. I, I think it's called you know playing within a Ill- legal stick. I, I the broken part of it has. To, you, you, I, I think any hockey fan out there knows this. You can't play with any of it. The goalie's the only one that can play with a broken stick. But I'm guessing that R- R- Riley, what he felt, projected it towards the player to try mm-hmm. and throw them off, you know, a, a little mm. bit right there. Uh, that was uh Zajac, I believe that was there. So anyway, so the Bruins go shorthanded, kill off the the penalty. And, and, and you know, they, they do that. And I'm thinking, okay, great third period. They're going to be okay because they, not only do they have a great third period comeback, they're doing what they want to do again. They're playing their game. They kill the penalty too. And the Islanders may be thinking, oh, shoot, you know, that's, you know that was our chance. Well, the Islanders don't think that way. They don't. They've got the ultimate short-term memory loss in a for in a good way for a team. They're like, okay, so they come out in overtime, and overtime was exciting as heck. I mean, it was just up and down and everything. Um, the Bruins never really found their game. They had some chances in OT, but you know they never really, really got their legs going. I mean, regularly again, top line did. And there were. I'm, I'm looking at my notes. Pulling up here from overtime. Um, Pasta had a one-timer. What was it? Hall that had that one little nub on the backhand driving to the net, I mm-hmm. believe, as well. Um, but on the other hand, it was it was Bruins were hemmed in their own zone. I, by, by the way, from the time the Bruins tied it up, Razor, to the end of the game, it was 16-3 to 3 shots for yeah. the aisles. Yeah. So I think that does tell the story right there. So. Anyways, let's let's just go to the the, the winning goal. Um Lausanne, who had a, a a tough night, bad luck night, tough night too. Gets the puck at that left point and I don't think I you know, look, I've looked at it a few times. I you know, Bruce talked about it in post game. It's easy to sit there saying from afar like we have bud, but I mean, that's the play if you're making a cross pass. D-to-D, that was his intent. It wasn't to go to Charlie Coyle, who is the release valve up top. It was D-to-D. You've got to be 110%, not just 100%, but 110% if that's possible.
1: It, yeah, it didn't make any sense. The Bruins don't make that play. There's there's no – we don't see – even Charlie McAvoy or Matt Grizzly. we don't – we very rarely see them make that play. And it, it's it, – again, you feel bad for Lausanne because – but you'd like to also know what he was thinking, what he was doing, because of, of all the guys to try and make that play that he's the last one. But we don't even see anyone do that. You know, they're, they're, it's, it's a, that's an Eric Carlson type play. Mm. There's no yeah. one else that that does that. And especially in overtime, especially when the Bruins finally got it down the other end. They had a pretty decent chance. And I and I was just saying while watching the game that they haven't sustained anything. They've been one in one out. And mm-hmm. that was an opportunity where they had Hall. It made a nice play going to the net. Little tip. Varlamov made a right pad save. They got the rim around. They could have went right back down. Maybe they start creating something and get something. And to go D to D, it, it's, it, it shouldn't have turned into a breakaway from Lausanne's point of view. That, that's
0: bad luck. But mm-hmm. it wasn't the right play at the end right. of the day. Right. Even if you put the puck back down the left wing wall. And I'll say, give it back to the Islanders. Because the Islanders yeah. did have numbers back. You're, right. they're it's, starting...
1: a three on, it's a three-on-three, three and they dump it in at the red line because they want to get a change. That's exactly. E-
0: yeah. e- exactly. Even if you end up giving it back there. Yeah. It's called that the safe outlet right there. Yeah. Keep it wide. Keep it high. See, it, And by the way, you can even rim it hard and hopefully to change the point of attack from left to right if you can get a guy going down the right side. You don't try and pump it through. Because you'll hit shin pads towards the net. yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more. It is a bad luck play for Lausanne going cross ice to hit Coyle's skate and then perfectly caroms to Mm -hmm. Casey Sezikis, who I've known since he's been a rookie in the NHL. Here's a kid, a lot of confidence in his game. Uh, A lot of, you know, he was pegged as a regular he was going to be that kind of fourth-line anchor for them. When he, I remember when they drafted him. They talked about it. Like, here's a guy that will be a PK, shutdown-type defender. And you know what? Razor, he has. And that was a snipe. That was a quick snipe. You had the pressure coming back of Lozon. We all know how different a breakaway and shootout is versus an in-game breakaway. Like that different mindset for the forward in particular. Their skater that's taking that. Less time to think. And to me, I don't know if Casey Sezecus makes that same shot. Let's say if he's doing it as a penalty shot or as a shootout, you know, at the end, because of the time to think, he just had to giddy and go because he had Lausanne chasing him, and he got rid of it real quick. I mean, the release was beautiful, and he sniped it blocker side. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, it, you know, it went in and I, I don't even know if he did that nine times out of 10, it wouldn't miss the net or hit Tuca. Uh, yeah, you, you can, know, you're, you know, three. He's a fourth line guy and it's, but he made a great shot. And, um, when, when, when those breaks, it's just like uh playoffs, you look through it all the time when it, goes that way it ends up in your net just like when you get a bad penalty called against right. you too many men on the ice those go in the net and, and that's that's playoff hockey and um you, you hope Lausanne's gonna learn from it and the Bruins are are more than
0: big enough boys to recover from it yeah I want to I want to ask you something about Lausanne in a moment here but let's do uh let's quickly talk about Fazenda and give a fresh cup out um what do you think about giving it to uh Charlie Coyle for that play yeah, for sure made her in the game you're good with that
1: no, I thought he, again, I, I, it was his best game he's played in a long time, noticeably. Uh, the great penalty kill, great job taking the puck, holding onto it, great job forechecking. He gets the mm-hmm. fresh cup, no question.
0: All right, he had a goal in the game. He had four shots. Uh, surprisingly, Razor, Bruins weren't great in the face-off circle in this game. And I, I'll make, let's give the Islanders credit. They got they got a lot better at it, and mm-hmm. uh, Sezikis uh, took a lot of those. But, uh, yeah, we'll give Charlie Coyle the fresh cup brought to you by Fazenda Coffee Roasters. Fazenda and our friends over there buying more mugs, getting more mugs in stock, and they will be there. The plan is they will be in in the next couple of days, so plan on them shipping them on June 8th. This is what you have to do to get it fazendacoffee.com slash morningbrew. Use that URL, fazendacoffee.com slash morningbrew, $35 or more. You're going to get fast free shipping, but also you're going to get a free mug. You're going to get the gorgeous morning brew with Jeffy and Razor mug. And uh, that's how you get it. These people are dedicated to roasting the perfect cup of coffee. You can find them at Davio's and other fine restaurants around the city of Boston and at your local Whole Foods Market. They're all over there. Uh, I just finished a couple of mine, and I'm about to open up the uh, the Fazenda blend. So I'm looking forward mm. to that. We've got some more Snapchill coming. So fazendacoffee.com slash morningbrew. You can get your mugs. And by the way, they've already sold a ton of mugs. Pete, our buddy over there, Ray, already told me that a bunch of them already went out, and they ordered a lot. And I guarantee you they're going to go out by, by June 8th. Meaning the day they start shipping, they're all, they're all going to be out. Uh, the other people we want to quickly talk about is our friends over at Wormtown, where uh, they've got their new craft Hard Seltzers in the uh, Wormtown Brewery. Loves, and I love these. They're light. They're easy to drink. Great for summer. Thank God we got rid of the rain here in the Boston area, and it's oh, going to be summertime coming oh, up me. soon. These are gluten-free, 100 calories, 2 grams of carbs, 5% alcohol. Perfect for all outdoor activities. Go to WormtownBrewery.com slash seltzers. Four different flavors. Here you go on the YouTube channel. The Orange Zest, Lemon Lime, Crayon Apple. Awesome stuff. WormtownBrewery.com slash Our Seltzer. So we thank both Fazenda and Wormtown. Let's um, tell me what you, I mean, Lausanne. Did he have a tough enough game, bad luck game, whatever you want to call it, to warrant considering not dressing, you think, next game, Razor? What do you think?
1: I don't. Not unless Miller's hundred percent. No, I think he's still at a at a place. Matt's well, already played good against Washington now, but yeah.
0: it's close. It's does causing. that hurt his confidence? Do does I mean, uh, you know, is that something that that you have to be cognizant of of a young kid? I I mean, the, the, I watched Grizzlick go up to him right away, and other guys went up yeah, to him right away. That's and they the were difference. Like, Don't where worry.
1: Yeah, I think that play as as it wasn't the it wasn't the absolute worst decision. He was still unlucky. I think Patrice. I think Brad. I think Grizz. McAvoy. Tuka everybody's going to they're not going to allow him to to fall too far Mm -hmm. and i think it's a reality listen we need you we still need you 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 this happens we all make mistakes listen we've seen everybody they're all making mistakes it's a game of mistakes so i'm not i'm not ready to pull the plug on it yet I, i think At the at the same time, if Miller's available, I think Lausanne's the one coming out now, not Clifton. Clifton's done enough. You know, that's so you look at it that from that perspective, but I think um you're not taking you're not taking him out for tenority at this point. He's still got a little bit more leash, a little bit more rope. And listen, that's a that's a very easy mistake to correct. He won't do that again. I promise you. He you might not ever see him make that play ever in his career again. <laughs> yeah. It's going down the wall. Keep it simple, kid. That's easy to it's easy to correct.
0: Yeah, uh, we saw a very similar play. Um... In the Toronto-Montreal series in game five when Galchenyuk in overtime threw a pizza across. And, and by the way, Lausanne's wasn't a pizza. Galchenyuk's was a pizza. Mm-hmm. It, Lausanne's was more like a, kind of a flatbread, you know, gone bad type of thing. I'm trying, <laughs> you know, right. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but uh, And by the way, just remember one thing, folks. Yes, the Bruins lost game two of the second round, but it could be a lot worse. They could be the Toronto Maple Leafs. Could be Leaf fan. Oh my god! Oh my god! We don't even have enough time to no. go into that fiasco. Um, David Krejci, seven shots on goal in the game. He was nine of ten in the faceoff circle. I'd love to see him. You know, I know he had a couple assists the other night. There, I'd love to see him get a goal. I'd I'd love to see that him and 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 Hall. Um, you know, DeBrusque. What did we think about DeBrusque? Uh, up there on on that side, he was. I thought he was more involved. Brick and I talked about in our post game. We uh, por- por- portion of the post game. I, I didn't mind his effort level. He had seven attempts. Did DeBrusk in the game. Um, I feel like I'd love that line. Individually, they were okay in game two. Individually, they were pretty good in game one. Actually, I'd love to see him awesome. I know. I I, I know Jake wasn't with him in game one, but you know what I mean. I'd love to see that creation yeah. line become that that yeah even vicious like the line. Pl- the play
1: Krejci got sent cross ice. him hold it and pull it to the middle maybe and go far, you know, like just something yeah. that, that Krejci would do. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, instead of trying to just bang it in and having it go off the post and then Varlamov's arm or miss the net on the other one, hold it, pull it to the middle, make one more move, one more pass, something. Um, it, it's it's easy to say, and it's easy for us to, to, mm-hmm. to want that. But yes, they're at the point where you, you would like them to to find a way in a, a, a special way as a line, yeah. as a as line, as a line, like you know, beat- a tic tac toe. Yeah. And it's also been hard too because they haven't been able to get going on the power play. At least Taylor Hall and and that's that's another thing. But. Um, yeah, just just find a way to get out on a two on one and make a special play. whatever that looks like. So um seven shots is great from Craig again. Uh Debrusque was good, like you guys talked about. He competed. Right. You just kind of look at a Kuhlman dropped in and then Coyle scores. And you know, like wherever he goes, it it goes the other way. But I think that's just the way his season's been.
0: Well, he played 1932 to Jake. Three mm-hmm. shots, total of seven attempts. He had three hits, two giveaways. That offside can be tough for him at times too, and you yeah. know playing the off wing. But I don't see them changing anything. We have no update on Craig Smith. Um, I don't know. I'm not even. I'm not saying they're not telling the truth. I'm not saying any- nobody's not telling, not telling the truth. Nobody's telling you anything. It's called the playoffs. They're not telling yeah, you anything. Right. It's called He'll day be to ready. day. He's going to be day to day. It could be two days. It could be two weeks. For all we know. That's all right, right. Let's quickly let's talk about this. Let's talk about heading into Long Island now. So you got a full day off on Tuesday. No practice for the Bruins. Razor. Good day off. They'll practice on Wednesday. Do the video, etc. Head to Long Island. A very short flight. You fly into farmingdale airport and it's just like those one of those cross little things there it's like you're up you're down and put the brakes on quickly striker you know pull the parachutes out on the landing um and then you go play at the coliseum the coliseum Seats about, I think it's like 14,000 now. They brought it down. It used to be 16,200. It's now down to 14,000. They're allowing 12,000. So it's going to feel sold out and it probably will be. They'll, I think they'll fib on the numbers here or there and everything. It's a tough place to play because of the size. I mean, the size rever, the, the sound reverberates, the ceilings lower. And even though the ice surface is the same, bud. You can speak to this. it feels like things are on top of you that much more there so I fully expect this to be as physically intense, if not more so, in game three, given the fact that you're you're in the Coliseum and it's a tough, raucous place.
1: it is, yeah, and it will be loud, and the Bruins are going to have to weather storms at certain points they're they're battle tested they're they're not it's not going to affect them one way or the other. They understand that the Islanders are going to gain more energy from that than what they did in the garden. There's no question about that. And uh, they have to just play their game better. I think they're going to look at this game too and say, listen, we got a couple goals scored on us. They usually are fluky, random goals. We played a pretty good job and we lost an overtime on a, on a random play. And um, they got to feel good about their game still. They got, they love responding. They love pushing back. And I think, of all the buildings, they'd rather do that in a coliseum than than anywhere else. They they mm-hmm. they they're they're going to relish playing in there and and having to have some pushback against a, an Islanders team that will no question gain momentum
0: from their home ice. And if uh, memory serves correct, Bud, right? They Bruins lost all four games this year in the coliseum. Is that correct? Didn't they play the first four there, and they were they lost actually the first they, five games of the season against the yep. Islanders before winning the last three. So, you know, that will be a challenge. I don't think it's going to be a mental block or anything. This Bruins team is significantly different than the one that lost the first four games on, uh, on the island. And again, it's on Long Island, not in Long Island. Um, I, matchups, I guess, will be something that we look for. What will Barry Trotz do? He will absolutely try and get Barzell, even though Barzell's line, again, was very good in game two. Tr- try and keep him away as much as possible uh, from Bergeron's line and I, yeah I it
1: didn't worried. seem like either team was worried about the matchups in games not one much too yeah. there wasn't no. a lot of like consistency one way or the other so and that's that's the other thing where it goes to you know all right we're up we're playing on the road we don't have to worry about staying away from somebody or vice versa
0: yeah one of the only matchups really that was i'll call it hard and i'm, I'm using that not facetiously but but loosely for you know for, fourth line opening against fourth line Right, first two periods. That mm-hmm. seemed to be about it. Just to give you a little analytics, the uh, Everly Komarov Barzell line: ten minutes of even strength time, eighteen four, only eight against. So uh, they're pretty good. I, I got to give them credit, man. They were they were pretty good. They need Matt Barzell to be impactful, and Everly as well. That line, uh, even if they're playing with Uncle Leo, um, and they were, but so they were they were better. We'll look to see if they get him away more. I haven't really noticed the the Killer B line that much. Um, Brock Nelson. So they'll probably look to get those guys juiced up. Uh, It should be fun. Varlamov will start again uh, for the Bruins. I would expect Tukaraz to start again. Uh, I'm sorry. Varlamov's not with the Bruins. He's with the Islanders. Tukaras for the Bruins. Uh, In the meantime, uh, Razor, we're going to, when I say enjoy a day off, it's not like you're not going to do your goalie stuff. And I'm heading down to the NHL Network for a couple of days as well. But we will come back and be with everybody. After Thursday's game with another morning brew with Jaffe and Razor. We got anything else we want to touch on quickly here before we say goodbye? Not a bit. Game three. Here we go. All right. Hey, listen, it's been a good one so far. Bruins with a great game one. Not so as great game two, but yet an electrifying comeback, only to see him fall short in overtime as they lose four three to the New York Islanders. So we head to the Coliseum. Again, we'll talk to you after Thursday's game. In the meantime. Try and enjoy your day remember it could be worse you could be living in Toronto or at least a leaf fan wherever you are and uh, hey, everybody Ontario. yeah anywhere in Ontario that's absolutely right. you know what everybody again smile it's one one it's the playoffs we're talking hockey. go have an extra cup of coffee and please enjoy it.